It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Friday, December 15th. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. What will home health look like in Sitka without a home health department at the local hospital? The top doctor at the Southeast Alaska Regional Health Consortium, or SEARCH, gave an update on the future of home health services at the Sitka Assembly meeting on Tuesday. While there wasn't much new information, it was another opportunity for community members to voice concerns and for SEARCH to address them. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. In September, SEARCH announced it would be closing its home health department. The news generated concerns. What would happen to end-of-life care in the home? Would patients receive the same level of care? And would that care be more expensive? In a presentation to the Sitka Assembly on December 12th, Search's chief medical officer, Dr. Elliot Brule, tried to answer those questions. The home health department uh, or agency no longer exists, but care of patients within the home has continued. It has not stopped. It didn't stop. Everyone in this community who requires that care Um, that we're aware of is receiving it and is continuing to receive it from uh, licensed professionals. Rule told the assembly that the care provided to patients in the home would be the same, but it would be through a home-based care program rather than a standalone home health agency. So what's the difference? In order to earn a home health agency designation from Medicare, the hospital had to meet additional regulations and requirements for administration and maintenance of records. Doing that required around eight staff members to run the program, and Brule said there wasn't enough demand for home health services in Sitka to justify that level of staffing. You know, having eight staff in order to perform um, care for about 20 visits uh, a week. So um, uh, that's the reason for the change. And um, like all businesses, you know, we have to uh, adjust staffing to reflect the demand for services. I think anybody uh, who's in business understands that. Rule said the home-based care program would be staffed by four people instead of eight, two physical therapists, one occupational therapist, and one registered nurse. He said the services will comply with Medicare regulations and will be reimbursed by Medicare with a 20% copay. The home care team would bring in other clinicians in situations where more staff is needed, with services like end-of-life care, for example. Brule said there are many services Search would like to provide and will if the demand is there. He pointed to recent expansions at the hospital, like upping their staffing for substance use disorder treatment and opening an opioid treatment clinic. It'd be great if we could provide dialysis. It'd be great if we could do neurosurgery. Um, There's just not um, enough demand for those services to justify uh, uh, staffing in that manner. Brule said he was disappointed in the community response to Search's announcement about home health. He said some staff had been aggressively confronted with questions about the program. And he said he believed some of the distrust of Search's motives was rooted in a deep fault line created over decades in a town with two hospitals that became a town of one in 2019 when the hospitals merged. And he said the community needed to heal from that history and build trust. And I have no illusion that um, the, you know, the factual information that I've presented this, ev- this evening will mollify s- some of that anger and resentment. 
When the assembly opened the floor to public comment, Cindy Littman said Brule's assessment didn't apply to her. She'd supported the merger between Search and Sitka Community. Her concerns about changes to home health were around care and cost. Dr. Brule talked about a 20% copay, but that is not trivial because if you're having several therapies or visits a week um, at a few hundred dollars per visit, that go that 20% becomes several hundred dollars uh, a month. And that may be fine if you're a physician or a hospital administrator, but for an average retired person, over two years time, that would have cost us out of pocket thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And Ariella Hughes, who worried that end of life care in the home would be less feasible under the new structure, said she wasn't put at ease by Brule's presentation. Yes, search is a business, and it's not profitable to have a certified home health agency. It doesn't mean that it's not the right thing. It is the right thing. It's just not profitable. You do it because it's the service. You talked a lot about services. That is the service we need. Mayor Stephen Eisenbeis thanked Dr. Brule for sharing the information and getting his side of the story out. Um, I appreciate that because it does sound like you have quite a, uh, a PR issue on your hands right now. So I, I, I look forward to uh, search continuing to get the word out about the this continued services and the new existing services, because I think the angst in the community is very high right now. And I think that's on you to uh, to try and ease some of that as much as possible. One PR opportunity search passed on was a recent town hall on the future of home health hosted by the Sitka Women's Club. Search was invited to participate and answer questions, but did not send a representative. Dr. Brule said that was because of Search's commitment to process. The avenue Search provides for the public to respond and ask questions is the Community Health Council, which was established when Search merged with the Sitka Community Hospital. Once a year, the group takes public testimony. Brule said the next council meeting is in January. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. A Ketchikan grand jury last week indicted four people and police arrested another on felony drug charges. That adds them to a list of nearly 20 people actively facing felony charges for fentanyl, heroin and methamphetamine in the city. Outside the courtroom, though, the broader community is bearing the brunt. As KRBD's Jack Darrell reports, the topic came up at Monday night's Ketchikan City Council meeting. Homelessness and addiction weren't on the city council's meeting agenda. But according to downtown business owners who took the podium, they should have been. They said homelessness and drug addiction have become problems too big to ignore. Problems that now affect their income. Jamie Palmer opened a downtown gift shop in 2017. She's also a borough assembly member, but is at the meeting on her own behalf. And it's scary for entrepreneurs and people who want to even have this hope and a dream that I talked about in 2017. Why would you? Palmer says that she believes in this town, but she looks outside and sees drugs being passed around in duffel bags, and that belief gets challenged. Palmer also says that she's frustrated by a lack of punitive action. Unfortunately, here, you can go and rob somebody, and what is it, $950, and get a slap on the hand. Um, if you do that multiple times, like a little business like mine, I don't have a business anymore. It's, it's garbage. A local landlord named Matt Presley had a similar story. He says the drug and homelessness problems are frustrating his tenants. Now, every one of my tenants is threatening to move out, and it's like a bad horror movie. 
I have great tenants, and we have a known fentanyl dealer directly across from us. We literally have not had a full night's sleep in three weeks from the screaming, the hollering. What both Presley and Palmer say they want is simple, to hear officials address it, to see it on meeting agendas. Community leaders will be talking more about it soon. At the end of January, members of the U.S. National Guard will arrive in Ketchikan to help establish an emergency action plan. They'll work with groups like the police department and EMS on best practices related to fentanyl and how to utilize the Alaska National Guard's civil support team. Civil support teams are generally called upon in the event of a natural or man-made disaster, or when there are substances that local authorities cannot safely handle or identify. Law enforcement and downtown business owners aren't the only ones on the front lines of addiction and homelessness in the city. Nasa Dominguez is an ER doctor in the local hospital. She spoke to KRBD in a coffee shop on her day off. So there's people who have come in um, and require several doses of Narcan, and they're like, I did math. Like, I wasn't expecting this outcome. Like, that's, I, I wasn't trying to get high. I was trying to smoke meth. Um, so we're seeing a little bit of that contamination where people are unintentionally overdosing, and they're like, that wasn't the effect I was looking for. Dominguez says when a new batch of drugs arrives in town, she knows. You'll see upticks. Um, and you kind of get an idea, like, when something has hit the town. Like, you'll start to see a few more people come in more frequently. You're like, oh, something something got to town. Um, or somebody got into a bad batch because you'll see more people overdosing because it's, it's stronger. And yes, fentanyl and heroin and methamphetamine are dangerous. But Dominguez says the most destructive presence in Ketchikan on the emergency room floor is alcohol. The drugs are there, absolutely, and you see people with methamphetamines, you see people who are trying to do a different drug, maybe got fentanyl in their system, um, but alcohol is above and beyond the most exhausting thing that we see. Dominguez says people will come off the streets too inebriated to care for themselves. She sees them every day or every other day, sometimes for decades. She sees their decline. But there are also glimmers of light at the end of the tunnel. Or you see people who get cleaned up, and it's awesome. Like, you see someone, like, really regularly for several months, and then they you don't see them, and then you see them for something completely unrelated. And you're like, oh, my gosh, yay. <laughs> like, yay, that's so great. Dominguez says when patients stop showing up, it could be for two reasons. And sometimes, hopefully, it's the better one. She says recovery is possible. As a doctor in the community, she sees it. Ten of the active felony cases in Ketchikan's court system originated this year. They involve both residents and people accused of bringing drugs to town, on ferries, on planes, and by mail. As the cases are still in proceedings, all are innocent until proven guilty. In Ketchikan, I'm Jack Darrell. Taking a look at the community calendar. The rescheduled Tenneke Historical Committee annual meeting is at 10.30 a.m. today at the Dermot O'Toole Memorial Library and via Zoom. To find the Zoom link, check out the community calendar posting. And the Alaska Way of Life 4-H and Sitka Trail Works explore the trails surrounding Sitka at 2.15 p.m. on Fridays during December. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.